Amen. Well, how are we feeling so far? Are you glad to be in his presence today? <laughs> too, too enthusiastic. Thumbs up. Praise the Lord. I'm just happy to be here. And uh, I was, uh, I'm excited about what, the, what I sense as Heather is about the, uh, the prophetic words that are coming around. And uh, how many of you, after you, you go through a long season of expectation, it's good to see some stuff start to move. Amen. Well, today's message is uh, face it and rise up. Would you say that with me? Face it and rise up. So I'm going to scoot my stool up here like you and uh, praise the Lord. How many, uh, what, what's your story going to be? I want to talk about this idea about a story. I know my story is that it didn't start off so good and it's getting better. And uh, that's, that's my story. What's your story? I know some people's story, and you can just think about this, people that you know, some people's story is that they were, going, they were somehow defeated by something. And their life is defined. Their story is still they're just in a state of defeat. Have you seen people like that? They're just stuck. Some people's story is that they've succumbed to fear. And they're paralyzed and remain stuck. So when the worst comes upon them, they just go and cower somewhere and get petrified and terrorized and tormented. So what's your story going to be? In the light of that, there's a, usually a high thing that gets between them and God. Some high thing that looms and intimidates. Everybody been through some kind of a, where some thought, some argument, some imagination takes precedent over your thinking and and there's somehow a spiritual force now behind this and there's this weight and this this challenge that comes to your mind and to your life because you're not now connected straight to to father god and and the flow of the divine life that you're living in like jesus said you're in the vine now what's happened something's cut that off because there's a warfare something that's loomed up in your mind and is holding you back from all the the tender fellowship that you usually have with the Lord. That's some people's story even today because so many things going on in the country. Is your story going to turn out as the story that Jesus has intended that you be an overcomer no matter what happens? How many of you, that's going to be your story? No matter what's thrown at you, no matter what comes against you, you and I will rise up victorious. Can I have an amen? We're going to have that story. That's going to be our story. Now, the Lord has given us a resource in the Holy Spirit and in the Word of God. And by the way, you've got to have them together. There are people that approach the Word of God without the Holy Spirit, and they end up legalistic. Paul even said, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So we want to live our life in the Spirit of the Lord and have Him breathe the life of that Word in our hearts. And He always makes it alive, just like we talked about that, that uh, sense of fresh oil. The Lord, when the Lord says something, it has a dynamic to it, and it helps you, it undergirds you, and it gives you some authority, it gives you something that, that you didn't have before. There's a grace that comes with it that you walk in. It renews the spirit of your mind. It causes you to actually win in a situation that you wouldn't have before. You would have succumbed to it, but we all need that daily renewal of our mind. So I want to just encourage you to say that your story and mine will reflect the restoration that Jesus is doing in our lives. Now I'm going to read something 
when I get to the, that part, you can put it up. But anyway, this is the Spirit of the Lord. This is the passage of Scripture that when Jesus went into his hometown in Nazareth, he opened up Isaiah 61, started reading. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord to the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn we put this up to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness let's back up here to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes let's say that with me to give them beauty for ashes Let's say it again. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The oil of joy for mourning. Let's say the garment of praise. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And the next slide says that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So God has an answer for the person who is burned out, stuck in sadness, and in depression. That seems to define the culture. Burned out, stuck in sadness, battling depression. Anybody there? How do people find themselves in this weak condition? I want to put up a slide here. It says, the more a person isolates, the worse depression comes. Becomes. Isn't that true? People not managing it well. Negative thoughts become your reality, even though it's not the real world. It becomes your world. The world in your mind. And it's simply living under a bunch of lies. There's this British philosopher. He's not well known, but his name's Eric Heller. He says, be careful how you interpret the world. It is like that. I'm just dropping some thoughts in here. Because the Lord wants to renew the spirit of your mind so that you see the world as he sees it. And you see yourself in your story the way he sees you in your story. And you not become, become subject to being stuck in the sadness and depression. Are you there with me? Say everybody, yay. And this is something I believe that can, because the Lord has a, a process that he walks us through. How many of you, used to, you, you know what it's like to be delivered from this, the weight of oppression? I know, I was, it is a big part of Jesus' ministry to, that, that when you are in his presence, you don't stay the same. You just change. That's why we worship the way we worship. When you come into his presence, he, there's stuff that wants to accumulate on you and build up on you and pull you down and thoughts that come against you and all those kinds of things. And the Lord says, let's just have all that go right now so you can see me. He is high and lifted up. And when we see him, there's something that changes us so deeply, isn't it? And you know that where you're going is where he is. And the resource that comes into your life because of who he is changes everything. Every, it's amazing. Everything outside stays the same, but he changes you on the inside, and you change how you approach everything. 
because of what he is doing in you. That's what Jesus explains when he says in Matthew 6.22, he says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if then the light in you is darkness, how great is your darkness? He said, he said look, if, if you've got... If you're so full of the darkness of the world, and this is what you're perceiving and seeing all the time, it's going to be really bad for you. You're going to be stumbling around. But guess what? You can have healthy eyes. You can see me. You can clear it up. All. And the last, that, last Sunday, that when the Lord released that word, he says, I'm releasing clarity. Everybody say clarity. I'm giving you clarity that you can see. You know those glasses that you put on you see in the dark? That's what we got. We got those little, you know, we watched uh, SEAL Team, you know, SEAL Team. And they go in there and they got these glasses on. And they can see everything in the dark, you know. And that's how they go around. And that's us. We can see. We can see what other people can't see because we're in the light. Say praise the Lord. See, somebody looks at it and says, there's no way. There's so much hopelessness. I'm, there's no victory here. And, but you don't look at it that way. Because you see the great big angel standing there. They don't see that guy. You see the word of God coming alive in you. You, you say things that changes people's hearts. That's who we are. We're those people. We're those people that speak life. We're those people that speak life when nothing but death is around and you lift up life and it's like a sword. Where does that guy get all that hope? It's an inside job. It's the work of the Spirit inside. Jesus says, when the light in you is great, you see differently. Let's praise the Lord. Peter even warned about the power of anxiety that can overtake a person. In 1 Peter 5, he says, uh, verse 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Peter knows about anxiety. Peter understood that. And then he has this incredible incredible perspective. He says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And basically all he does is he makes all this noise. He doesn't do anything. He just makes noise and sees if you believe the noise. If you'll be intimidated by the sense of growl. And then you're devoured by your own anxiety. And he's laughing. Let's go ahead and lift our heads. I remember that Charlie Brown cartoon when Charlie Brown stood there and he, he lifted his head. And then he put his head down. And he lifted his head. And the next frame says, Yep, you can't get a good feeling of depression with your head up. Lift your heads, everybody. Lift your heads. Put your shoulders back. Lift your heads. Know that the upright. He says, I'm going to make you a tree of righteousness planted in the house of the Lord, and, you, and God's going to receive glory because you have received beauty for ashes. And you receive the oil of joy for everything that you've gone through that creates. See, mourning comes out of something dying. And we're in a culture where things are dying all the time. I mean, in every way. And the Lord says, I got a remedy for that, and it's called the oil of joy. And I'm going to cause you to put on the garment of praise, and you're going to not have a spirit of depression. You cannot have a spirit of That's why we invite people to lift their hands when they come in the sanctuary. Why? Because you put the garment on. 
I remember it took me, good night, it took me about two years, two years, at least two. I used to get this uh, sense of depression. I would get under this, I would even say it. I said, man, I'm tired. And now I'm saying it. And I was tired, but now I'm saying it. So I'm coming to agreement with a spirit of depression. I didn't know I was doing this. It took time for me to catch on. I was a real slow, thick-headed learner. It's not just the hair that's thick sometimes. It's the, it's, the, it's the cranium thing. And he says, do not say that. And Heather would say, honey, don't say that. And then I started, I ramped it up and went to, I'm not just tired, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And then as I, 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 it got to where I would speak it, and then I, I was like, I can't, I can't even get out of the bed. I'm just in the bed. I can't get. And the Lord, it took me, because I'm a worship leader, and uh, the Lord took me to the idea of putting on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It took two years for him to say, look, if you're the guy that's helping everybody else put on the garment of praise that defeats the spirit of heaviness, what spirit do you think would be stalking you? And so when I put together the worship conference, you know, my worship seminar, I'd be in a room full of worship leaders. Oh, my God. It was like everybody thought I was reading their particular mail. I'm just telling the truth. Because every, and so not only worship leaders, not only people to help put on the garment of praise, but everybody, hell wants to shut off your connection, the life-giving connection. Because you cannot stay depressed when you're in a state of worship. It doesn't stay there. It lifts off. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 So what's the Lord's answer? I got the slide up here. Ready? The Lord's antidote for the burned out, stuck in sadness and depressed person is the restoration of beauty in your life. Oh, man, let's just, just grab a hold. This is life-giving today. Lord says, I'm going to restore beauty to your life. Things that came to eat away that, I'm going to restore it to you. He says, I'm going to give you the joy overflowing you like oil empowered by the Holy Spirit. Instead of being stuck in sadness in this mourning, this state of mourning, I'm going to give you the joy that comes with the overflowing of my oil, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit coming into your life. The oil of joy empowered by the Holy Spirit. And you receive that. You receive that. Let's um, just go ahead and put your hands up. Lord, we're here to receive that. I just had that sense that the Lord is really serious about you receiving the oil of joy. Whew. Just go ahead and let him lay it on you thick. Let it overcome you. Let it overtake you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Sadness will wear you out. But the oil of joy will fill you up and give you energy again. Let's thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
And Lord, let's just ask him to reignite my passion for worshiping Jesus. Give me a newfound passion, a newfound passion. Today, I'm stepping across into making some decisions that I'm going to be a vibrant worshiper of Jesus Christ. I'm going to crank the music up in the car. I'm going to sing like a fourth grader who's pretending he's Batman. I'm going to go for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Because when you have partnered with God and this, you become a restored person, this is how God says, I'm going to make you a hero in your own story. And that's the exact thing that God is after. He said, I'm going to cause you to be so victorious in your own story that the stamp of heaven's approval comes and here's a hero of the kingdom. He walks into a room full of depressed people and everybody starts laughing and being lifted up and they don't know what happened. But when he walks in, because he's dealt with that, right? And when you grow up in the Christ, you become a sturdy shade tree. The planting of the Lord, the trees of righteousness. You become, some, you become shade. The Lord says, when you've worked it out, when I've worked it in you, when you've done it, when you got there, there's something of a resource for other people who are burned out and stuck in sadness. And those depressed sojourners end up receiving something out of you. Paul actually says it this way. He says it this way. This is the next slide. He says, and uh, I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. I don't know why, but he was first, 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, I used to read this, and I never saw ever saw father of mercies I never saw it I assumed we were talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit initiated me seeing father and then he began to make some corrections inside of me and he said Jesus came to represent the father so I want you to see the father the gospel is simply God wants daddy wants his kids back and Jesus came to remove the obstacles and Jesus came to be the perfect expression of the Father. So the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This God Almighty is the Father of mercies. That's who you and I are serving. He's the Father of mercies. And He's the God of all comfort. The comfort in the universe comes from Daddy from Papa, from Abba. That's where the comfort comes from. And He comforts you in your afflictions, in your tribulations, in your struggles, in all the things that are you go through. It's Daddy comforting you. And then He says, I want you so that you'll be able to comfort others who are going through the same thing with the comfort that you yourselves have been comforted with. So God has designed and desired that restoration actually becomes infectious. He wants the restoration in your heart to begin to quicken and, and spill over and give them the virus of happiness. Ignite hope. Second, so we're back to the second, well, let's see, did I say it? No, let's go to 2 Corinthians 10 and... Uh, 4 and 5, 
For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. Everybody say divine power. You cannot win a, a spiritual battle without divine power. I learned a long time ago in dealing with the spirit realm that you can't defeat the spirit realm with a thought unless that thought comes right out of God's head, His spirit. You defeat spirit with spirit, so you rise up with spirit. That's why worship is so powerful and important. I was watching a, a video of a, a YouTube or Rumble video where it had a, 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 an African lady and everybody was, uh, there was, it was outside and there was an evangelist there and she had this shriveled arm and they were all worshiping. They just kept worshiping. They kept worshiping. They kept worshiping. And her arm came out and became normal. It was all back. Everything worked. And you could just literally watch, watch the miracle. The worship of God and the release of divine life. This divine power. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have this divine power. This divine power to destroy strongholds. And we destroy arguments and every lofty thing that raises against the knowledge of God and takes every thought captive. So what is the divine power? And one of them, of course, is this garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Years ago, when I was, uh, Heather and I were uh, under Jack Hayford's ministry at the Church of the Way, I wrote this little musical called The Treasure Hunt. And uh, there was, you know, a big church with a lot of resources where you could do, you know, make soundtracks for the songs and stuff like that. And we had this, I had a friend who was a director. And he took the story and he took the, uh, and he wrote a, a, like a play. So now we had a musical with words and then we got uh, kids involved. And it, it, every Wednesday night, you know, it was this, this kids choir. This, I had the fourth, fifth, sixth graders. And so we, we kept working on this thing. Well, it came time to then do this great big production and uh, we had all those talented people in Los Angeles show up and uh, they made this, the, the whole front of the platform like a pop-up storybook when the kid when the kids were in one scene and it was time to go to the next scene we would close that part down and pop up another part and they would be in another it was like this it, what uh, my my buddy pastor said I knew it was going to be good but I didn't know it was going to be grand and glorious <laughs> I love that and uh so anyway the upshot of it is they go through all these they, they get this treasure map and they go through all these different scenes and there's all this fun and things going on and they f end up in their grandmother's attic with a treasure chest and they open up the treasure chest and out comes a harp and the harp becomes alive and leads them in worship and the treasure was worshiping God that was the treasure. This is where our divine power comes from. You and I need to live in the treasure of worshiping God. That's one of the aspects of divine power comes via the treasure of knowing Him and worshiping Him. I want to guarantee you, you look in the Old Testament, look in the New Testament, see if how many storylines were changed because of worship. About to be defeated, worship. Not defeated. It goes on and on and on. And you're the people of God. And that is your story. That is your redemptive story. You're a worshiper. And you see God. Now, the second, there's another guy. 
wonderful friend uh, that wrote another play. It wasn't a musical, it was a play. And uh, he had the kids involved, and it was called Benjamin and the Battle of the Blueberries. I loved his play. And what happened is, in the story, Benjamin ends up in a battle, and he's losing. He's losing the battle. And Benjamin cries out to the storyteller. He cries out to the writer of the story. He stops the play. He says, hey, you who writes the story, would you change the storyline so that I win? And the story writer said, yes. And Benjamin won the story because he cried out to the story writer. How many have heard that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith? <laughs> and I'm telling you, when you come before him and, the, and your story is bad and everything's gone wrong and it's, you're under it and no, nothing is working out right and you come in and you do what King David did and you worship and then you cry out to the storyteller. You say, would you change this story? He says... Well, first of all, I've changed it on the inside of you. I'm putting my life and my power inside of you. And of course I'll do that. Because I actually wrote it that way years ago. You would be the winner. You would be the hero in this story. Let's praise the Lord. <laughs> Jesus doesn't have any defeated children. He doesn't have any... Father God doesn't have any losers. He doesn't have losers. The only losers come from us not clinging to the author and finisher of the story and worshiping Him and knowing Him and letting Him write freely into our life. Let's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is working. There's something. Lord saying, I'm going to write it down. Look, look, look. There are scenarios that have been going on in your head and the devil has been very like, like graffiti on the wall of your heart and the Lord says, let's wash all that off. Let's get some new storyline in here about me and you and us victory and, I, and how we're going to work this through. Let's praise the Lord because God is establishing in our hearts a new season where none of the storyline of the world is going to have any effect on the church and we'll rise up and see the miracle power of God and the fresh oil of God and His empowerment by His Spirit is working in and through us. Hallelujah. And there are many people with bad storylines that need the victory of Jesus. He's going to rewrite a lot of stories. But we got to get involved with the, with the author and finisher. Let's praise him again. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Jesus. Well, I want to take a peek at another fellow. I have to hurry on this one, I guess. No, I'm not going to hurry. Yeah, I said that just to, I don't know. I want us to look at how Jonathan, Saul's son, ends up as a hero in the story. And the context of this story is called the Battle of Michmash. And the context that we find, he finds himself in is that the Philistines have the blacksmiths 
in their town. And so they don't want any blacksmiths in Israel. So the Israelites have to travel to an adversary's camp to have their plowshares sharpened, their pitchforks, their picks, their axes, or to straighten out their cattle project goes, none of the soldiers in Israel had swords or spears. Nobody. Isn't that just like the adversary? I don't want you to have the power to come against me. And that's the context of what we're dealing with in this story. In fact, only two people had spears or swords or whatever. That was Saul and Jonathan. That was it. Nobody. He got, they had, they had uh, over uh, 3,000 soldiers and then they had this, what happened is the, um, the Philistines showed up with 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen. I mean, this is a, in his foot soldiers like the sands of the sea, and it was just overwhelming. And all those soldiers left. There was only like 600 uh, soldiers hanging out. I guess they had pitchforks and axes, whatever, farm implements. And they were hiding in caves. They were just running for it. So Jonathan has this armor bearer and uh, he leaves kind of sneaks out of the camp and he he's he goes up to this 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 little passageway between these two cliffs and he says um, he says let's go over here in the front of Micmash here and um, let's uh, go around to this outpost of these pagans and he says to his armor bearer perhaps the Lord will help us for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many or only a few. Let's go ahead and just get into Jonathan's, Jonathan's attitude here. So he says, well, what do you think best? The armor bearer says. He, says. he says, do what you think is best. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. That's almost like the Holy Spirit going, okay, good. You're going to stretch out and do it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Are you there? How many of you sometimes you just got to rise up? And then the Holy Spirit says, thank you. So all right then. So he said, we'll cross over and then let, us, let them see us. So they step out there. And he says, if they say, stay where you are, we're going to come down and kill you. Then we'll stop and we won't go up. But if they say, come on up and fight, we'll go up. And that'll be a sign of the Lord that we'll go and defeat them. And so when the Philistines saw them, they shouted down, Hey, look, the Hebrews are crawl crawling out of their holes. And then they said, Come up here, we'll teach you a lesson. He goes, Good. They said, they said, Come up. That means the Lord's given us the victory. What an attitude. Come on up. So they climb up, and he says, Follow me. And the armor bearer's right behind him. He says, For the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan the armor bearer killed those who came behind them and they killed some 20 men in all. They were scattered around a, about a half acre. And then suddenly, in the midst of this, panic broke out in the Philistine army. This 30,000 chariots and 6,000 uh, horsemen and this like soldiers, you can't believe how many were there. And what happens is they're in this, it breaks out, this, this, this panic breaks out because of an earthquake. 
It's not just the rattling of these guys falling on the ground. God releases an earthquake. But in the earthquake, it has a spirit. And the spirit causes all the Philistines to turn against each other. And they start defeating each other. There's something about me and you This is a stronghold. Here's the picture. They couldn't get to the resources. The devil wants you cut off from the things that will help you. You've got to make a decision. You initiate. The Lord's going to win this battle. We're going for it. There's some high thing. There's some intimidating force. How many of you have been faced with that before? Something some stronghold and then you you make the effort and the Holy Spirit's with you and you go up and suddenly it just won't all that most of the time it's the spirit of intimidation that's all that but when you show up it's just not all that it's not what you thought it was it's easy peasy limb and squeezy because God is with you and the things start falling down and everything starts moving out of the way and just like wow i was really intimidated by this but i'm not anymore because i got to the i got to the stronghold and that thing that was high above, i'm on playing field with it now and it's coming down do you know why can i tell you why because i always look i say where is jesus in this passage where is the lord in this story because they said come on up they thought that when they get up here we're going to wipe you out and if Satan had known that Jesus would rise from the dead he would have had nothing to do with the crucifixion he said come on up and Jesus came on up and he got up there and at the, the very face of Golgotha the place of the skull where every warfare happens in your mind. Jesus says, I'm going to go up to the place where all the warfares assault my people. And I'm going to go, and there's going to be an earthquake, and I'm going to break through every single assault against you. I'm going to release the power of my blood and the power of forgiveness and the power of the Holy Spirit, the resurrection might of God. Jesus is in the story, and he's in your story, and he turns your life, let's praise him, he just turns your life around. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, let's praise him. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Let the liberty of the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there is freedom, there's life, there's hope, there's transforming work comes via the Word of God coming alive inside of you and me. Let go, let go, let go of everything that's been of defeat. Let go. Don't be like Saul hiding back there. Don't mess around with that. Go ahead and be like Jonathan in the spirit of Jesus saying, we're going to go up and we're going to take him out. And you initiate that. You initiate that. And you just watch. Because when you get up there, it ain't all that. The Lord's already won the battle. It's already done. It's the Lord's battle all along. 
Let's praise Him again. It's the Lord's battle all along the way. It's the Lord's battle. You don't have a battle that's not the Lord's battle. You submit to the Spirit of the Lord, the Lord takes care of it. You show up. He requires you to show up. Let's praise Him now. Praise Him, Lord. Because you put on the garment of praise, and you defeat the spirit of heaviness. And you say, now, author of the story, come in. Come in and rewrite this thing. He says, I'm going to start by rewriting it inside of you. You never lose. You never lose. You never lose. You always win. You always win. You always win. I always lead you in triumphal procession in Christ. Hallelujah. I think I ran to the end here. <laughs> I got another guitar. How many another one a dose another dose of the Holy Ghost? How many of you? <laughs> Can we put that song up? I need fresh oil by which miracles are done. I need fresh oil. Holy Spirit, come pour out your presence. Pour out your presence. Pour out your presence on
I have some anointing oil down here. And uh, that's just a, a simple act. But if you come with faith in your heart, there's a new level of impartation that can happen. Would you do that? Let's just come and I'll sing together. Just come on forward. I need fresh oil by which miracles are done. I need fresh oil. Holy Spirit, come and pour out your presence. Lord, pour out your presence. Oh, pour out your presence on us. Oh, decisions being is that what it is the Holy Spirit you're, you're asking the Lord for some clarity and decisions is that right okay you're gonna see what you haven't seen you're gonna hear what you haven't heard you're gonna know what you haven't known by the Spirit of the Lord Say what you haven't said. You're gonna do what you haven't done. You're gonna go where you haven't gone. By the Spirit of the Lord, sing. Oh, I need fresh oil by which miracles are done. I need fresh oil. By which miracles are done, I need fresh oil. 
by which miracles are done, I need fresh oil. Oh, Holy Spirit, come, I need fresh oil. By which miracles are done, I need fresh oil. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and pour out your presence. trying to really intimidate you. In Jesus' name that goes today. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Go ahead and lay your hand on her back or head or whatever. Hallelujah. Spirit of the Lord. There. Thank you for the power of your anointing oil. Thank you for breaking through. Thank you for releasing this was designed for you today, wasn't it? This is your... We'll give you a word in this. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. I praise you for you. Thank you for what you're doing right now. I've sensed the Lord has really seen your commiserating and his, his, your rest, wrestling in your heart has been weighty on his heart. He's been really sensing and feeling what you're going through. The, the, the sense of struggle and all. And uh, he wants you to know it's all going to be great. He's releasing the stress off of you. this pressure off of you. Would you let him have it? Just, to, just you know, face it and rise up and say no more of this in Jesus' name. No more in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Anointing breaks the yoke. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Every loss that you've incurred of recent days, the Lord has felt all the grief. He knows the pain. He knows the losses, the struggle, the sense of just the word loss came to my heart. But he wants you to know he's with you in all of this. He wants to know you. He feels deeply about everything that you've wrestled with and all the sense of hurt 
and all the ache of the heart, the heartache involved. He's with you in this. Hallelujah. He's with you. You're not alone. You're not alone. He's, he's got you. He's got you. He cherishes you. You're precious to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can feel very, very safe because he's felt every tear. He puts all your tears in a bottle. They're written in his book, actually. He's, he's, he knows all the tossings, all the wonderings, all the things that, that you wrestle with. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you're stepping across a line today into a safe understanding, releasing, releasing all this stuff, releasing it. Amen? Are you with me? Pour out your presence. Pour out your presence. Pour out your presence on
Praise your Lord. Hug somebody and say, you look so much better. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord.